from MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. This summer, we've highlighted different farms from around the state. We've talked with a pecan farmer in Raymond and catfish farmers in the heart of the Delta. But today, we're going to the capital city to talk to Dr. Cindy Ayers Elliott from Footprint Farms. This former investment banker turned in a briefcase and business suits for bushels and overalls. This morning, she'll share her story, talk about how her farm is impacting the community, and maybe even share a recipe or two. You can join the conversation with your phone call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Donning from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman taking over a little uh, announcer billboard duties for Kevin Farrell as we're getting uh, some ice cream this morning, <laughs> some summer <laughs> summer treats. Deborah That's Hunter right. is here with us and uh, and we also have Dr. Cindy Ayers from uh, Footprint Forms who's going to join us a little bit later. How y'all doing this morning? Fantastic. How are you doing, Java? I'm doing fine. You know, just pulling all all the tricks out of my bag this morning. <laughs> um, Great we have, tricks. Um, uh, Patrick, the intern, on the phone. So if you want to join the conversation, you can always call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Uh, I just found something out the past couple of days is that my son knows our number. Oh, I love it. He was going around the house and he was saying he was saying MPB Think Radio. You can call us by dialing 1-877-MPB-RING. 1-877-672-7464. And I was and I was listening to him and I was like how do you know? Uh, we we listen. We tuned in. So oh, I <laughs> he's love committed it. it to memory. <laughs> I love it. That's the future of uh, Mississippi public broadcasting, our young folks. So how incredible is that, right? Oh, yes, ma'am. Already. Now, Deborah, <laughs> we were off... Um, uh, Fourth of July, so we haven't seen each other in, in quite a while. We oh, haven't, I know. You haven't seen your Monday morning man in, in a little bit. Oh, you know, I miss all of you guys so much, but I especially, you know, it's like it's really hard when I don't get to see Kevin, you know, being single. I have to, you know, see my Monday morning man, and it's been pretty tough, but I enjoyed the Fourth of July. I had an amazing time. Uh, we all went by my mom's place, and I got to hang out with my nephews, and it was just so great seeing them. They're growing up to be incredible young men. And so I had a great time. We had yummy food. You know, we did all the traditional things. We had racks of ribs and <laughs> baked beans, and we did potato salad and all the yummy stuff that goes along with it. And so it was just wonderful. And then we went out and sat out by the pool and, you know, shared love with each other. So... Yeah, 
thank God for holidays, right? Oh yeah, that's the that's that's the best part about it. Not not only food, but you know, as always, getting together with your with your family and just like you say, spreading the love. Yeah, I gotta spread the love, Java. So, thanks, Java, for filling in there. Gave me a chance to sample some of uh, Deborah's homemade ice cream. I think I <clears throat> the chocolate swirl, I guess, is the kind I got. Very tasty, uh, uh, quite fudgy. So, um, tell us now. We were talking before the the, the show started. Uh, you have the old-fashioned hand crank. Uh, how do you make your homemade ice cream? Kevin, look, you know, I told you, I'm I'm an old-fashioned girl, and so it's having um, all these modern things are fantastic, but I like doing it, <laughs> Claudia, I like doing it the old-fashioned way. And so, yeah, I created a basic base, and, and that's going to, guess what? It's going to show up in our, a cookbook that's going to be out in October, so okay. I'm really excited about that, so you can get the recipe there. But we created several different flavors of ice cream. You've got the chocolate swirl. We've got a wonderful banana but we've got vanilla and i did a butter pecan for you today and a latte so we brought in a lot of ice cream a lot of different flavors but the recipe is really simple and i can't wait to share that with everybody but yeah it's pulling out a little bit of ice and you know a little rock salt and Mm -hmm. giving it a churn here and there it's just quite incredible yeah, I have uh, um, um, an electric one, so mine makes it a little bit easier, but it does uh, make good homemade ice cream. And as I said, nice chocolatey flavor there, uh, good consistency. So I'm always looking for a way to get a workout, Kevin, you know, <laughs> because, so, you know, I don't want Frank talking about me. So you were eating all that ice cream and look what happened. So, you know, getting those muscles, you know, my arm muscles tighten up, giving it a little churn there is always a lot of fun. So uh, now that we're in the heat of summertime, do you uh, usually switch uh, any kind of things that you you produce or uh, produce or fix in the kitchen? Uh, maybe kind of if you're uh, cooking um, to have the oven on in the cooler times of the day. What are some tips for cooks during the summertime? Take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> to just take a vacation. Absolutely, Kevin. You know, um, you know the Mississippi is absolutely wonderful, but we do get a little hot around here. Nobody wants to be in the kitchen all day and all hot. Even if you're doing a you know outdoors event, you want to be able to keep things cool. And so um, instead of you know doing your heavier roast and those kinds of things that, that pair well for wintertime meals, we just lighten everything up. I tend to do more. Or seafood kinds of items, uh, you know, during the summertime or doing chicken items, but where I don't have to spend hours and hours and hours in the kitchen, you know, cooking. And this is a great time to pull out those salads and to do your cold soups, uh, you know, because what I want to do is I want to really get out and enjoy my friends and families. Great time to go fishing and hiking. And so, yeah, I don't want to be in the kitchen. Great time to pull out those uh, hors d'oeuvres and, you know, finger sandwiches and not be complicated. And you can still make it really beautiful, really, really yummy, and still, you know, have share a great meal with your family. I've uh, enjoyed uh, several watermelon this summer, and to me, that's one of the the pleasures of summer: some good, cold, fresh watermelon. But that's um, something that would uh, is good for you, and you know, brighten up your plate and is easy to do. I've decided, though, especially if it's just me, that instead of slicing it and eating kind of the old fashioned way of slice by slice, I just have quartered it up and then. Uh, kind of gone with a knife and pulled out the pulp and, and just large uh, chunks that way. And then, you know, serve that with, uh, I've eaten some at breakfast time and then maybe even some at lunch as well. 
Now, there is nothing like a Smith County watermelon, Kevin. Oh, my God. It is one of the best that I've ever had. But there are so many amazing things that you can do with watermelon from creating ice creams to creating teas that are nice and cool, uh, you know, nice salads. Uh, they make wonderful, wonderful salads, you know, to be able to, to toss them up in a little uh, balsamic vinegar, a little olive oil. You want to add some mint leaves to that and uh, little crumbles, maybe a blue cheese or feta, just a really wonderful bite. So yeah, absolutely. Pull out the cool desserts and cool uh, dinner items and enjoy your summer. And I remember the uh, event that we were at together in June, um, they had a f- the fruit plate, but then, as I said, they, they had, I think it was a peppery, sort of a, a spicy little sauce to pour on there. And I thought that that paired very well with uh, the sweetness of the fruit and a little bit of a bite with the uh, with the sauce. Absolutely. Uh, uh, fruits and vegetables make wonderful salads, of course, but to take your fruit items and to add something really spicy to kind of, you know, give it that little bite that you need is always wonderful. Always wonderful. Looks like we've got a caller on the line. It's our friend Kathleen from Osaka. Kathleen, good morning. Hi, guys. Hey, Kathleen. I- miss you, girl. <laughs> I I got fussed at. I didn't give you my crawfish recipe, but I'm going to give you two today. Oh, man. Why, Who's fussing at you, girl? <laughs> you take the watermelon that you were speaking of, put it through the blender, minus the seeds, of course, and then you add yogurt and maybe a dash of vanilla, or if you want to get a little upscale, you can put triple sec or some Grand Marnier, and you freeze it. And you can freeze it in ice cubes and take it out where you want it, or you can put it in little decorative things, and it's very good. You can do that now with watermelon, cantaloupes, or anything. And um, when we had the show that we tuned in for the salads, I got fussed at because I was told I didn't want to share my crawfish. (laughs) So when you boil crawfish, you can also boil some melatons or and potatoes so you take them out you strain the stock that you have used to cook the crawfish and you uh, can create that yourself if you just peel the crawfish first and use the uh, shells and stuff to make your own stock make sure you strain it and you cube the potatoes you make your sauce on the side with mayonnaise maybe a little cream of tartar and your salt pepper, if you go the garlic route, peppers, black olives, bacon bits, whatever you want to put in it, you mix that together first, then you put your eggs in, um, potatoes in, and turn it so it doesn't bust up the potatoes. Okay. And then you add your crawfish tails, mix it lightly, chill it for a couple hours, and that crawfish and those uh, potatoes cooked in the crawfish stock is excellent. And you can serve that on a cucumber or squash or grilled eggplant or fish, whatever you decide to do. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thanks, Kathleen. Always good to hear from you. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We need to take a quick break. After the break, we'll be talking with Dr. Cindy Ayers-Elliott from Footprint Farms in Jackson. She's got an interesting story coming from the world of finance uh, to provide fresh foods for her local community. If you want to join the conversation this morning, you can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this.
informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And coming into the studio is our guest this hour. It's Dr. Cindy Aries Elliott from Footprint Farms in Jackson. So I'm going to be talking to her throughout the hour. If you'd like to join in and talk about some of your favorite things to cook and eat during the hot, hot summer months, ways to cool off, uh, give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. So Kevin, I think Tom is going to whoop us about this ice cream this morning. <laughs> We've been moving a little slow, eating all this ice cream in here, getting in and out of the studio, but we're back on. And so, uh, Dr. Arizelli, can we call you Cindy? Please. All right, very good. Thanks for joining us. If you would tell us a little bit about your background, it sounds interesting going from the world of finance to uh, to farming. Give us an idea about how that went. Well, thank you so very much, and good morning, everyone. Good morning. What's so exciting to give up those high heels for work boots is that their work boots are so cute. <laughs> um, but I'm having a great time. We're at Footprint Farms. We're located in the city of Jackson. We have 68 acres of land there where we farm about 15 in veggies right now, and we're about to expand. We also have goats, horses, fish, and a lot of beautiful trees, as well as some honeybees for pollination. And we're looking to start a butterfly area so we can have more beautiful butterflies for pollination. People don't think, um, when they think pollination, they don't think bees, but butterflies are another big way that you can pollinate. And pollination is necessary for getting some of the fresh veggies. In fact, Deborah, for you, uh, from the farm this morning, we brought you an array. I wish everyone could see this because we have squash, zucchini, um, eggplants, lettuce, three different types of tomatoes or tomatoes. Uh, the yellow ones are the ones for low acid, especially if you have a problem with acidity. Mm-hmm. You can still have a great tomato with a great taste. The other ones are red and green and some heirlooms. That's there. So uh, we bought this for you, and I'm sure you're going to be able to whip up something great. Listen, I can't wait, Cindy. And, of course, we'll take pictures of this, and we'll post it on our blog. And so everybody can see how beautiful these vegetables are. I mean, they're just absolutely gorgeous. Right. And so, well, Kevin, thank I you. thank you so much. Yeah, we can make ice cream, Kevin, out of that squash. <laughs> <laughs> so, like go ahead, Kevin. There's an onion in there, too, it looks like. Yeah, so let me tell you. I'm glad you noticed. This is my first year of growing onions. And they're called City Sweet. Um, the farm is located in the city of Jackson. So our motto is Farm Fresh and City Sweet. So these are wow. City Sweet onions um, that we grow here. And they are very sweet onions, even though they're white and not purple. If I could say that word, it would be similar to those other ones. Right. Um, but they are the, the kind that you can cut and not cry sweet and can eat and then kiss afterwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's okay. Pucker up, Kevin. <laughs> but but we're, we're so excited to, to be here. I have several farmers 
that's on a farm, we, we are more than, than just a farm planting seeds. We also plant seeds into mines, especially with uh, young people and, and, and new potential farmers, um, some not so young, some that's uh, not so old, and we're a lot in the middle. Well, we actually train and teach how to uh, do production of um, fruits and vegetables. And a lot of this, of course, is done for the community. We go into a lot of the food deserts in our city, in our county, uh, where there's no grocery stores within walking distance. And we actually pop up markets. Wow. We have this little pink bus. If you see me coming, it's pink. <laughs> uh, if you see the hat I'm wearing, it's that. pink. <laughs> uh, pink and green is our colors, and this is part of the National Women in Agriculture colors. We, we are farmers, but we want you to know we're all women here, and it's still very important. Uh, the pearls are a part of what we do. Um, we feel like we're a new wave of farming. You don't have to be in that traditional mode of what farmers are. That's the reason we're we're talking and trying to get more people in looking at agriculture as a career, but also how to grow right in your backyard or on your patio or uh, in a box. Uh, It's important to get more local, fresh, affordable foods. And it's a big part of health as well. You know, we're looking at how we can help our health disparities, what we can do in order to help benefit our communities. So we grow for that. We grow for health. I absolutely love it. And when you were talking about the pink hat and the pearls and being a farmer, I kept thinking of green acres. And I just wanted to go, Oliver, <laughs> Oliver. Uh, Footprint Farms is the place to be. <laughs> That's right. So I'm curious, tell us about the reaction. You you, so you mentioned you've got your, your pink bus there. When you go into an area that's underserved, that is one of these food deserts, I imagine... The reaction among the people there is just amazing that they excited to be able to get access to, again, what is just not only fresh but just beautiful-looking uh, produce. Well, they are very excited, and for to be in their backyards or right in their front streets is important. But the other part is so great about this. We partner with a lot of great groups. One of the groups we partnered with is Whole Foods Foundation, Whole Cities, and that allows us to be able to grow and keep it affordable. We're also partnered with AARP program, and AARP and Wholesome Way, which is the food basket of the world, actually have two programs that we're doing here in Mississippi where we're doing double bucks. And the double bucks is for anyone receiving the EPT or the SNAP benefits that they can actually use that to purchase the vegetables with. And our farm is certified uh, by the USDA to take that payment. But what's so great about it is that we double the bucks. So by using your EBT cards, if you do $20, you get $40 worth of food. Wow. Uh, and the whole idea, of course, is to bring more fresh, affordable food to the households. And because we go in at least every week, they can get something fresh and not have to just go and buy a lot of uh, canned foods, which are really trying to help integrate more fresh, raw, local food into the diets, which will help all the way around in the nutrition programs. So it's part of nutrition. And it's really amazing. Can, what I found is that children actually love fresh fruit and vegetables. And, you know, to give them an opportunity to, you know, have a fresh tomato or cucumber and for them to make their own little salads or whatever, they're always, always excited about that. They really are. And, in fact, with me today, uh, I have two of my my plants with me, my young plants. They're actually from Houston, Texas. Both of my granddaughters are in. They came in wow. uh, early this morning, so they had to come with me. So they're in the studio. Studios, 
they were so excited when I told them where I was going. They says, oh, Nana, we know that. I said, yeah, you know that. <laughs> but they were excited about you taking your, your, your vegetables. And, and they started talking about how important it is, and they love to eat raw. So I had to really keep them off of it while we were driving. Don't eat the lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, have some, we have a lot of young people, uh, a lot of young, young ones coming into the farmer's market. We're the farmer's market. In fact, we're doing about seven every week. Wow. Uh, from the farmer's market downtown on High Street, where we're there on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. We're also doing Dogwood, which is a new one. We start tomorrow Wells uh, United Methodist Church. Right. Um, we're working with them with their food pantry, and we'll be popping up a market there. We're in Utica. We go down there on Thursdays. Every Thursday between 5 and 7, we're there. Again, these are food desert areas where there's no grocery stores. Raymond is another stop that we do. We do Clinton on Tuesday. So we've been pretty busy, but we as a big we have a lot of great young farmers on farm. That's fantastic. And, you know, what's really amazing, Cindy, is people don't really realize how much hard work it goes to get it from the farm to the table and to produce such a beautiful, you know, product. It really does take a lot of love, care, and hard work to make that happen for so many people. It, it really does. Um, we're looking at how we can grow things healthier, which means we use less chemicals as possible. Hopefully none at all if we can keep from that. Um, what we do is we, we take the time to grow it, and it is a process. And we look at seasonal foods that we grow, that and also what's can do it for our state here in Mississippi, which makes us able to produce great food like this. But what we do, we work with our extension uh, programs. We work with our Soil and Water Conservation District. We work with USDA. We go in and bring in the specialists. That's open for everyone. It's free yeah. to get the information on how to grow this and what we can do. I mean, this is just my sixth year. So if I can do it, and I came from New York um, working, and I couldn't grow plastic. <laughs> and, and now it's, it's everything, but it's, it's from bringing in. We have a great plant scientist with us. His name is Dr. Bill Evans. And Dr. Bill was with Mississippi State Research. In fact, he just transitioned uh, full-time to the Mississippi Food hub. So we're bringing in more experts in the area so they're there to help especially small farmers. Now you were talking about seasonal things earlier so we were also talking about that before you came in cooking wonderful summer seasonal food. So what's one of your favorite dishes to prepare? Uh, I, of course I, I love tomatoes and anything uh, but we're also growing this new veggie. It's called Kalaloo. It's a Jamaican green um, and it only grows during the summer Okay, and it's high and protein and fiber and it tastes a little like spinach a little like broccoli a little like greens oh my wow. gosh and you what you can take it and use the onions and bell peppers and and tomatoes and bring that to um, a, a great sizzle if you can just hear it in the pan with a little olive oil and then you take the color and you cut everything the stem and the leaves wow. everything goes in and a little pepper on it or a little uh, piece of herb and let it steam for about 12 minutes. Oh, my goodness, what a great dish. So I'm, I'm quite a visual uh, person when I'm cooking and creating things, so I could taste this and mm. see it, Cindy, but I also saw adding in some sweet potatoes and oh, cooking yes. them down and serving it with a nice bite of fish. Oh, I my goodness. I can see that. You can see that. <laughs> yes. It's also great over rice or over pasta. Yeah. Instead of using the sauce, use this as um, your, your topping, and it gives you, again, more protein and nutrition in your wow. diet. I can't wait to get 
get my hands on some of that. <laughs> uh, we're visiting today with Dr. Cindy Ayers Elliott from Footprint Farms in Jackson. We've got a caller on the line, so let's invite um, Evelyn in from Jackson in the conversation. Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, I'm excited to be at Well tomorrow morning. Uh, I happen to be a member there. Sometimes my husband works at, uh, uh, and our sons work at Tuesday morning uh, event, and we have a new pastor. Uh, so thank you for being there. We also have a, a community garden uh, on our property and so forth. And uh, just thank you so much for uh, joining us tomorrow morning. Uh, I, I called actually because I want to know have y'all heard of fig ice cream? There used to be a lady at at uh, um, at a local church who would make it, and I never had a chance to taste it. But it just seems, you know, we have so many figs in the summer; it'd be a great thing to do. Well, I'm going to have to add that to my uh, entourage of things that we've made with ice cream. But, yes, I actually have heard of fig ice cream. I've actually had it. It's a wonderful, wonderful, yummy bite. Um, and um, what happened with the piece that I had, the dessert that I had, the person that made it, Kevin, had actually cooked the figs down with a strawberry jam. Mm. And it was just, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. And they folded into their custard and froze it. And it was just amazing. Amazing. So absolutely. Mm, I can see that. And I'm sure what this gourmet great chef sitting in front of me, she can make anything. I'm thinking about squash ice cream in a minute. Um, But thank you so very much. We're excited to be a part of Wells, to be a part of the community. And this is what it's all about, Kevin. It's all about partnering, bringing in more partners, and let's put hands together to see how we can come to make a better city, a better county, and for health. And for me and anyone that's listening, you know, you can go uh, to our website at footprintfarmsms.com and see some of the things we're doing or my young farmers, you're going to love this. They said, well, Dr. Harris, you got to have a hashtag. I said, a who? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so we could also go to hashtag Footprint Farms, as they said with an attitude. But we're excited to be able to bring community people in. I mean, these are young people, young men and women from the community from South Jackson. Um, they are great statistics, not the kind of statistics that we always hear when we're talking about the city of Jackson. These are young men and ladies that are putting their sweat equity in, literally. And a lot of my farmers with me, uh, one is Curtis Williams, and Curtis' brother, Zach, was one of my 4-Hers, and Zach got Curtis interested. And Curtis is the oldest. Um, Zach right now is at Alcorn State University majoring in plant science. Wow. And this is a first for their family. So it's things like that. Those are the kind of seeds that we want to see grow, uh, the kind of plants we want to That's nourish right. to do that. So I'm so very proud of him. He's all part, also part of the National Reserve. So they also the importance of serving country um, and being able to utilize that. And this is, this is what we need to get more of our young people to do. I'm, I'm challenging more churches, more organizations to let's get together. You don't need a lot of land to make an impact, to help serve your community. The community gardens are so good, but they will work one person to death. It should be about the community. Absolutely. And we've set up uh, a way or um, that we can actually set the community gardens up where we actually let the families adopt a box. And the family is responsible for that box. For uh, We show them how to plant mm-hmm. and how to harvest. But they're responsible for going in, making sure that it happens. And they get to keep the harvest from that. 
So that's very important. And hopefully they'll go home and, and grow something in a box as well. For me, the beauty of actually getting your hands in the dirt and planting something. In the soil. In the soil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, is really, it's a lot more than the end product. It is the whole being connected to the earth and uh, it's learning discipline while you're growing. It's actually understanding even the process of life. You know, one of the things that my granddaddy would say, you know, he says, baby, this seeds got to die first and then he would tell me a story about mm-hmm. in life how you know going to be situations that may feel like yes. death but if you just endure the process you'll turn into this beautiful bloom and so there's so many things that you can teach from farming other than just the end result of a beautiful product it really is a way to connect your children to life in a whole nother extraordinary kind of way absolutely and when you the pride that goes into you just see the faces of um, the young people when they do the seeds and come back and it's starting to bloom and they see the beautiful flowers and then when the fruit itself starts oh my goodness they can't wait to eat it and they are try something different that they know nothing about because they grew it eggplants they love eggplants who would have thought we need to take a quick break when we get back we'll continue talking with dr cindy ayers elliott from footprint farms if you would like to join the conversation and talk to cindy about her operation or maybe just share some cooking questions in general give us a call the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four we'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with our guest, Dr. Cindy Ayers Elliott from Footprint Farms in Jackson. We'd like for you to join the conversation if you would like to talk to Cindy and ask her about her farm and how it operates and the, the, the missions and the goals of the farm. You could give us a call. Also, any kind of general cooking questions will always seem we can help you. Maybe you're thinking about some fun, creative things to cook during the summertime. Give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email the show food at mpbonline.org. We've got a caller on the line, and it is Shirley, who's called in from Starkville. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your wonderful show. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, and um, I... Um, I'm very pleased to hear uh, about the women in farming. Uh, I'd like to know more about that organization. And secondly, I'd like to know the directions to Footprint Farm. And uh, finally, um, I would just like to say that uh, I love landscaping and flower gardening. And so my um, uh, theory is that the closer one is to nature, the closer one is to the supernatural. 
to super nature. So it's a spiritual experience. Absolutely. All right, Shirley, thanks for the call. Uh, so, Cindy, where is the farm located exactly? We're located on South Drive um, in West Jackson. We're between Dixon and West Haven. We're bordering Clinton Boulevard um, and Robinson Road, Highway 80 West. Uh, we're in front of the, the Metro Mall uh, coming um, north. And you can come to the farm. We usually open the farm on Wednesday, except this Wednesday we will not be open because there is a, a movie being shot there at the farm. Yeah, uh, uh, and some interesting things are going on. God is so good. But your 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 question is so good in all time as of. Uh, looking at landscaping and what you're growing in flowers, if you can grow flowers, you can grow veggies. And the same plants, the same pots you're using for your um, flowers, you can use for veggies. So you can plant anything. Anyone who has a container or a bed, you can actually plant your, your veggies in there as well. Now, seasonal is important. It's important that you plant the type of food that's in season, which will grow, that's, that's conducive to the weather. Mm-hmm. If it's in the spring, right in the spring, there's something different than in the summer and then in the fall. But right now, it's not. It's too late to plant lettuce right now, unfortunately. But it's coming up again probably at the end of August and September to start that again. But right now, you can still plant beans. You can still plant tomatoes. Um, you can still plant squash. So this is still seasonal foods. But this fall, we'll be looking at something totally different. Cabbages. We'll be planting in some carrots. We're getting back to get our onions. And believe it or not, in October, we'll actually plant strawberries. we actually put our strawberry plants in. So seasonal is important to your success in what you're planning to grow. But I guess Mississippi's climate allows you to pretty much grow throughout the year. Yes. We actually grow 12 months a year. We're also very fortunate to partner with and be a part of USDA NRCS, our Natural Resource Conservation District. Mr. Kirk Reedus for the state of Mississippi is the executive director for that. Each county in Mississippi has an office um, with uh, NRCS or FSA. Usually they're combined. They have programs And you can go in and apply for these programs to get um, high tunnels on your property. And a high tunnel is our old hoop house. Yes. Um, It's usually 30 by 72 in width, um, and you can grow all year long. And August is probably our hottest month. And what we do for our tunnels, and we're very fortunate to have some on farm, is that we actually close it up and let the, the good nature, the sun, go in and kill anything that's there, any bacteria, before we go in and plant our fall crops. Um, so what we do is take those doors and just close it up. And you can imagine, these tunnels stay 15 degrees warmer than your temperature outside. So for us here, it could get up to 110, <laughs> 115 easily. And that allows nature to do what nature does, and that is to go in and rejuvenate the soil before we go back in to plant. And again, it's important to take care of your soil. But it's, pro- it's programs like NRCS that you can go and talk about and talk to. They have specialists there that will tell you what's best for your soil, what you need to do to bring it up, what's wrong with it, how you can fix it, or if you just should just call Footprint Farms and get your veggies. Absolutely. <laughs> now, you're talking about soil, and, and uh, I got a spanking earlier because I used the word turk Kevin. But um, is all soil conducive for growing? All soil is not conducive for growing. That's the reason you have a soil test. And, again, our extension service 
uh, Mississippi State University. You can take just a little bag of it in your plastic bag to the office, and they will have it analyzed, Mississippi State University analyzed, and they will tell you what's missing and what's needed and where you can go to bring it up. Now, for the ones who just can't get that soil up, we suggest looking at a raised bed Mm -hmm. where you're actually bringing in the mulch and the mixture to actually make up your soil contents and still grow. I mean, you can have a one-by-one box. You can grow in a coffee can um, with the right type of um, um, holes in it so you can let some of the water out of it. Now, one of the things that I personally do at home is I'm always growing fresh herbs, you know, because you buy all of these amazing things from the grocery or from the farmer's market, and you have these amazing roots that are left, yes. and they will uh, naturally reproduce. Yes. And so that's a great way, even if you don't want to do a large garden, you know, to be able to do some of those things just right there in your kitchen. It's just quite fantastic. It is fantastic, and the aroma that goes with that. Oh, gosh. You know, right now we have basil, and I was afraid to bring the basil. If I'd have walked with the basil, everyone would be in here. <laughs> <laughs> the aroma is so inviting, but yeah. the basil, the rosemary, uh, we have so many different types of mint. In fact, it would have been great for your ice cream. We have banana mint, apple mint, lemon mint. Chocolate mint, which is one of my favorites. So it's so many different things you can grow and use. And then the great part about it, you can also dry it. So you can keep it all year long. And nothing should go to waste. Worst case, juice it. Absolutely. Got another call to get to, so we invite uh, Michael in from Ridgeland today. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How you doing? Fantastic. Good. What do you have for us today? Yeah, so thank you so much for uh, taking my call this morning. So I just had a few questions. I'm, I'm not, Dr. Ayers, I'm not a, uh, a farmer by any means, but uh, just being able to, um, you know, kind of grow things uh, inside of my home or outside of my home. But with this Mississippi weather, just the sun can sometimes, uh, you know, not allow my plants to grow. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, just somebody who's starting out, uh, just maybe what are some easy steps or just kind of like maybe a step-by-step guide I can use um, just to start to produce and, and, and so that the sun doesn't uh, basically kill the plant before it even has a chance to sprout. Well, you, by just going through the process of what you're talking about, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations, because there's nothing like growing your own and having it in your backyard or even inside your home. It's easy to start. I mean, don't let the sun um, take it away. Let the sun utilize it. It goes back to the type of plants you should be planting and if it needs open sunlight or shaded sunlight. You can always look at what it is you can plant in. Now, if you're growing outside and on your balcony, you can always put it on your umbrella. Uh, If you're outside in your flower beds, let me suggest that you put those close to the house. We know the sun, when it rises in the east, Mm-hmm. and it sits in the west, that's not going to change. So you might want to look at putting your plants to the north or to the south so that it will not get that direct sunlight at that given time as it goes over and through. But you can also look if you're going to if you're going to germinate, you can go with plants. Right now, I would say don't go with seeds. Go directly with plants. Okay. And this is the key to watering your plants. Here's the secret. Never put the baby in the bed wet. Okay. <laughs> Always water, give water early morning or before 2 o'clock. Because what happens is that after that time, you're just asking the sunlight to come and take that vapor up. 
which means it's burning the plants. So you need not put the baby to bed wet. That way you won't have disease and you won't get burned to death. So early morning, so when you're watering your plants, do it as early as you can, but definitely before, in, with this days of summer, before noon. Then that way it will not burn um, as bad or at all. Um, just make sure you give it a good soaking, but also make sure you got good ir- irrigation on it. Make sure that um, the water can come out and not just sit and stand. If it sits there, it's going to rot the root. So make sure you have it so it can drain well. But again, look at the seasonal, what you're planting as well. Okay, I hope that helped. All right, Michael. Uh, thanks for your call. We need to take one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. Our guest today is Dr. Cindy Ayers Elliott from Footprint Farms in Jackson. We'll be back with more of the show after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with Dr. Cindy Ayers Elliott from Footprint Farms in Jackson. If you'd like to call in and talk to Cindy about the operation of her farm and the, the uh, goals of her operation, or if you have a, a general food question, give us a call today at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. And Cindy, you really have talked about, you know, getting the community involved and engaged in, in farming and in your farm. And uh, my producer, Java, tells me that uh, you had the, the Wingfield High School football team out recently. <laughs> Actually, yes. And let me just give a shout out to those Eagles. Um, my 4-H group actually started with the Wingfield football team. I actually adopted the football team Wow! Uh, about three years ago with Coach Jeff Gibson. And it was all about um, trying to help him get more nutrition to his players, um, as well as to see how we could help bring some things to the school because they were without a lot of things. Um, but I'm so proud to say that those young men became the George Washington Carver Future Scientists of America 4-H group that they named themselves. <laughs> um, and a lot of those football players, as we talked about, Zach, for instance, came out of that, that uh, great crop that was seeded that year and are now at the university studying uh, plant science. Uh, those young men actually came out to work, but they did more than just work for, for me on the farm. They worked for themselves. We actually leased them for a whole dollar an acre of land. So for this whole dollar, they were able to take, and we did to seize a watermelon. So they did watermelons that season. And they were able to sell those melons to raise money for themselves uh, for the things they needed for the football team, from food to socks to detergent, things that they would need and when they practice to make sure that they have the right hygiene, to make sure that infection staff, Clorox, things like that, that they needed. And they were able to sell 
their products and make money for themselves. So they also learn banking. A lot of them, for the first time, open up a bank account. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, for the first time, realize that if I work and do this, this happens. But the big part that happened for them is almost like the light came on. They were able to associate some of the things they were hearing in their classroom about pollination, about A and Y and X and how you make this come out to be a number. How do we measure different things? So we use that as a teaching uh, component as well. Uh, we had them to to learn, and this is where Dr. Bill Evans from Mississippi State came in, as well as some professors from Alcorn State University, came in to work with them and what we were doing on the farm, to understand the soil and what goes in and what happens. So we put that in a classroom setting type of learning out in open field. So they realized that this meant this and this is what they're talking about. So they put one and one together to really get two. Or in this case, we did X and Y to show them how they could use X and Y to equal. Uh, And they really came out of themselves with that. Some of these young men had never taken or thought about taking ACT test when they came to the farm. They had not. In fact, they said to me, and they said, Doc, well, we're not worried about taking that test. I said, well, why not? Well, they said we're going to be a statistic. So our statistics say we're going to be in jail or we're going to be dead. And this is what they were feeling about themselves. So also that growth pattern within came out for a lot of them. And they, you know, they learned to love themselves and the soil, but they also learned to work together as a group. And believe it or not, the football team had not won a game in three years. And during that summer, they won their first game <laughs> wow. uh, when they went back in. So that confidence. But they also made national TV and USA Today. So that whole confidence benefit with themselves changed. Now, I'm not saying all 49 made it through, but I got a good 15 that we got some solid plants out of. But we, and, and it was so great about these young men. They come home for the holidays and they still come to the farm and work. They know what to do to come in, but they're also bringing their peers or bringing their brothers and sisters in to say, this is what it's about. This is how you can do this. And for me to be able to work and say, if you stay and you learn and you want to do this, in six months you can have your own acre of land for $1, and we put them into the system so that they can hopefully branch themselves out. We are a starter. We are definitely the, the ground for fertilizing. And we're letting that plant grow, but we want them to be able to go past just just this one time, but to take this as a life experience and to hopefully do this as a business. We teach entrepreneurship. We teach you can be your own. This is what you can do. And again, you don't need a lot of space to make something work. Right now, we're looking at aeroponics, which is such yes. a great thing. Actually growing in a water base. Now, we still have some out there, some beautiful ladies who says, I can't keep my, get my nails dirty. I can't <laughs> give up those high heels, which they are beautiful, or I just can't be in that sun. So we're talking and teaching them how to do aeroponics, how to grow in a water base. And you can grow it in the house as long as you got the grow lights. So there's so many different ways that we can look at agriculture now and ways that we can feed ourselves better. Uh, literally what you're talking about is the essence of the American spirit and then to teaching people to invest in the land. You're also teaching them to invest in themselves and you create a generation 
the next generation of uh, successful entrepreneurs, husbands and wives. And it teaches you how to just build an excellent life. And it's again, it goes back to what the caller said earlier. It really is a spiritual experience being involved in the earth. And, you know, Kevin and I have talked about that before, how it is uh, almost kind of a biblical principle in a Mm. sense when you go out and dominate the earth. So, so proud of this uh, program that you have, Cindy. It is just amazing. Let's uh, get a call in here before the end of the hour. We're going to talk to John in Bentonia. Good morning, John. Good morning. Good morning, John. Go ahead. Um, well, I, I was uh, wanting to ask uh, Dr. Ayers Elliott whether uh, they've tried uh, a flow hive yet uh, for their for their bees. Um, and if, if you're familiar with that, anyone there? A flow hive? Yes, for the bees. Um, long story short, in a father-son team in Australia invented this, and the combs, um, the, the hexagons are, are just split in half when you turn a tap, so the honey just pours out. You don't have to, you don't have to pull the combs out, and you can um, you can convert if you've got beehives already. You can convert your traditional Langstroth boxes to that method with a with a little you know you know redo type kit that they sell or you can buy a complete unit for about six hundred dollars i think they cost you know get a whole hive with several um several of the uh uh you know special uh turn a key and get your honey type uh systems in it so john can you tell us what would be the uh benefit of doing a flow hive versus the traditional way of doing it oh man talk about talk about benefits um there are there's a lot of stress when you harvest honey to the bees, and that's a lot of people think that's why bees are 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 being you know are dying uh, you know, from pesticide abuse and um, and uh, not no abuse is the right word, but you know pesticide use and uh, you know they they pick it up from wherever uh, and and then then you also put them through the stress of you pulling you, you destroy their home and and steal part of their honey. And they have to rebuild it. Well, this does not destroy their home. All it does is it opens up the comb every every hexagon in their in their hive. And when you turn the tap back, it it just straightens them up again. And they go in and repair every little comb. All right. Hey, John. Thanks for the call. If you would, if you're interested, if you could uh, maybe email us more information on that. It's food at mpbonline.org. We're about to wrap up the show. So, Cindy, really, you know, I think the amazing thing to me is. You mentioned, you know, the 15 people from that group of football players you had, but then that each individual then goes out and he begins to affect his circle of friends and people. And that's really how the movement like this can grow. That's exactly so. And and let me just first thank you. Thank you, um, MPB, for allowing me to be here to spread the word. But let me encourage everyone just to take a look at your surroundings and to help take care of the earth. I mean, to look at uh, how we use our resources, our water, and how do we, we do for our soil, even your front yard. You know, be careful what you put down there because you breathe and live that. So just take care of the earth. It will take care of you. All right. It's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Patrick Price. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, thanking our guest, Dr. Cindy Ayers-Elliott. Stay tuned up next. It's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.